You are listening to the official podcast of Salem Tabernacle in Beacon, New York. A community of people devoted to experiencing life as God meant it to be. Good Sunday morning to you, Salem Tabernacle. I am always missing you. I'm missing seeing your faces, but I am blown away by how powerful of a community this church is. Jacqueline and I love you. We miss you. But I have to say, I am watching you communicate, stay in touch with each other, stay in touch with us. You know, when when we hear how well people are doing, when we hear our deacons communicating and getting information back to us, when we have our eldership being there for us, when we have our trustees letting me know that they're popping into the building and that they're, you know, checking the grounds and the plumbing and making sure the thermostats are set. I mean, there are so many things that you don't think about when you're not going to be in a building for a while. And then when we hear all of you call, text, email, when we bump into you and we hear how well things are going, it, it pastors us as much as we pastor you. And so we're, we're overwhelmed by how cool of a church we have, how much of a family we are, how hospitable we've been to each other, and how we're, we're making it through this very unique time uh, in our Salem community's life, in our state's life, in our nation's life, in the life of the world. Uh, we are living through something that will be remembered and I have to tell you, I am excited and I see it as a privilege to be able to serve God at a time such as this. I am not shying back from it. I'm not complaining about it. I'm not going to sit here and talk about all the negative things that could come. It is my honor and my privilege to be able to be a leader in the faith community during a time when people need their leaders. And Salem, I want you to feel the same way. I want you to be happy to be a Christian at a time like this. I want you to be excited to be a follower of Jesus at a time like this. I want you to want to have to shine your light, have to throw your salt on the earth. Um, I want you to be see it as part of your legacy is that you lived faithfully toward Jesus, faithfully toward his church, faithfully toward your neighbor at a time that got dark. Let's let's run at this. Uh, Bishop Quentin Moore has a line where he says, don't run from the roar, run to the roar. And like David, let's go meet Goliath and let him know you can talk a lot, but you can't, you can't stop us. And in the name of Jesus, we will have the power to live in this well and get to the other side of it. I just have a few announcements for you, Sam. Let me pray first. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person that is listening to this podcast. I pray a blessing on their life. I pray that you keep them safe spiritually, physically, emotionally. I pray that you allow all of us to have community in a new way. I pray that your sacraments would go beyond our distance and that sacramentally we are the body of Christ and that we would be feeling the connection in our soul that we feel when we're physically together. I pray for every child that they would be hearing faithfulness from their parents, that they would be safe 
that they would see moms and dads on fire for Jesus at this time. I pray for marriages that as we're home, as life has changed, as our rhythm has changed, I pray, Father God, that we would be communicating well, loving well, considering the interests of others beyond that of our own. I pray for those, Father God, who don't have anybody in the home with them, that they wouldn't feel alone, that their phone would be blowing up, that their inbox would be full, that people would remember them, reach out to them. And I also pray that they would be the kinds of people that don't just sit and implode on themselves, but reach out to others as well. I ask that there would be a revival in the land in a dark time and that the church would be more full and more powerful as we move our way through this coronavirus crisis. We pray all of this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And everybody said, I didn't hear you. I can't hear you because we're on a podcast. Salem, we have a few announcements for you. We're going to be having a new rollout for social media every Monday at 7.30 p.m. for 20 minutes on Facebook Live and Instagram Live. I will be giving you updates and praying for you every Monday and every Friday at 7.30 p.m. for 20 minutes. We will be going live on Facebook and live on Instagram. I will be giving you updates and I will be praying for you. Every Wednesday, we will have a mid-service video sent out or we will go live on Instagram and Facebook. It'll be different every Wednesday night, but we will keep you informed. Every Sunday, we will be having a service sent to you at 10 a.m. Right now, we are doing these daily offices and podcasts. We are testing out new features um, for future Sundays. Um, and we just want you to be aware of that every Sunday at 10 a.m. So again, Monday and Friday, we will be having updates and prayer for 20 minutes at 7.30 p.m. on Instagram and Facebook Live. Every Wednesday, we will be communicating a midweek service to you that will be different every week. Every Sunday at 10 a.m., we will be sending you a link or you can just go right to our website for our Sunday morning service. Anything new, we will keep you informed. Please spread the word for people to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our Instagram handle is at Salem Tabernacle. On Facebook, you can search Salem Tabernacle or go to our website, click the Facebook link and join us there. But please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Let everybody you know that may not be following us, follow us, please, so that we can get the gospel out to as many people as possible during this time. Also, if you have not been getting our emails, please go to SalemTabernacle.com. That's www.SalemTabernacle.com. On the bottom left-hand side of the screen, you will see a prompt to sign up for our email list. Please sign up for it so that more people can be getting more information. And if you know anybody who isn't getting our emails, let them know exactly how they can sign up for it. And as always, we ask that you continue to show your faithfulness in this uh, difficult time by way of tithes and offerings. We're still supporting missionaries. We're still supporting the local community. We still need to maintain the buildings and the grounds. Uh, again, you can go to SalemTabernacle.com, click Give in the upper right-hand corner, follow the prompts, 
all your giving online still gets credited to your taxes. A few people have asked me that. Um, we're asking Salem, like, this is going to show, you know, the wheat from the tares. You know, it's it's easy to be faithful when we're accountable physically, but when we're away, I'm hoping that this church stays as faithful as you have been. Okay, we are now going to jump into the gospel of Mark. Somebody just read this when you did your prayer service, and I will take you through. We're going to start with Mark 1, 14 and 15. Everybody take a 10-second pause to engage from announcements to the gospel. I have a word for you today, Salem. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and believe in the gospel. Jesus takes up John's work after John was arrested. If you're John the Baptist, you worked hard to proclaim this gospel. You worked hard to tell everybody to repent. You put yourself out there saying the kingdom of God has come, and then you get arrested and you wonder, will my work continue? Will I leave a legacy? Did I do enough? How in the world did I preach this message and now I'm in prison? And I'm telling you right now, Salem, it may seem for us like this coronavirus has arrested the church. Uh, you may be going through a situation in your life where you were on a roll, you had momentum, and then somebody did something to you, life happened, sickness came, financial ruin showed up at your door, uh, you know, you, you dated the wrong person, you had the wrong kind of friend, and it feels like all your work in life got arrested. And I love what it says. It says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came. And Jesus says the same thing John the Baptist said. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom is here. Repent and believe in the gospel. I want everybody to know, even when it feels like our life gets arrested, even when it feels like our work is getting arrested by the brokenness of the world, Jesus always picks up our work and takes it to the end zone. He, he runs it the rest of the way down the field and he scores a touchdown with it. All of our work will always be taken up by Christ, even when we feel we've been arrested and Jesus will take it where it has to go. That is your hope. That is your faith. That is where your motivation comes from, not in your ability to avoid arrest. But even when it seems like all of our momentum has been arrested, Jesus picks up where we leave off and he takes it where we can never take it ourselves. Hope is what marks our work. The hope that Jesus continues, what brokenness stops. Jesus will always continue, what brokenness stops. Mark 1, 16 to 20. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately, everybody say immediately. I, again, I'm assuming you did. They left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately, everybody say immediately, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. We need to work well in what we are doing and also be ready to move and adapt. I have talked to a lot of people 
in these past couple of weeks saying, I don't do well with disruption. I don't do well when my routine gets disrupted, when there seems to be a tangent that occurs in my life. And here we have these fishermen uh, doing what they do well. And I want to say, we should always be doing what we're doing now as well as we can. And at the same time, we should always be willing to do what we're doing differently or do something entirely different itself. You're not doing what you're doing well if you have to continue doing it and there's no flexibility to change. The life of Christ is disruptive. Jesus brings holy and righteous disruption to our lives. That is how we're seeing this. This season of coronavirus is a chance to let the ground lie fallow. It's a chance to stop the hustle and bustle. It's a chance to slow our roll. It's a chance to see work differently, parenting differently, friendships differently, church life differently. Salem, we need to be the body of Christ differently. We're not meeting on Sundays for a while. I will be giving you more information, but I think you all know enough to know this could take a while. And so we need to know, what does it mean We've been fishing one way. We've been mending our nets one way. We've been coming to church one way. We're not, Salem isn't stopping. Sunday morning isn't stopping. The way we are Salem is changing. The way we do Sunday morning is changing. The what it means to be part of a church is going to be different for a little while. Not forever, but for a little while. Enough time to get our attention. And so we need to ask ourselves, are we those kinds of people who just keep trying to do what we've been doing and we never change? Or are we willing to get over ourselves, to trust God, to be creative, and to be who we are differently as the circumstances change? These fishermen were doing one thing one way. Jesus showed up and said, all right, guys, we're going to do it a different way. You're still going to be fishermen, but just a little bit different. And they went. Immediately, they went. Salem, I'm looking for you right now. I need you right now to be for this church what I can't be by myself for this church. Let's love the world differently. Let's be in touch with people. Let's find those congregants that are usually on the margins and make sure they don't get lost in the shuffle. I feel very comfortable saying that. You know, sometimes church gets so normal, it gets so routine that we don't fight anymore. We just start try to stay in the current. And a situation like this could hurt some people. Let's fight through the current to bring people into this new way of being church. Call them, love them, reach out to them, convey information to them. And if it's you, if you're the one who knows this could hurt my spiritual life, reach out for help. Grab somebody now because you don't want to get <clears throat> dragged down the river too far. I'm preaching to somebody, and you know who you are. If you got the strength to uh, adapt with us, then reach out to those who don't. And if you know you're the kind of person where you work your hardest to just stay at an average level spiritually, this could be dangerous for you. Reach out for help right now. Call somebody. Get somebody in your business. You want somebody not minding their business. You need a brother or sister in Christ to help you. I'm praying for you. The Spirit is there for you, but you got to reach out your hand and adapt and change. And immediately... Follow Jesus out of your boat into a new way of life. Whew. Speaking of disruption, 
Mark 1, 21 to 28. And they went to Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one who had authority and not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue, a man with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, I'm sorry. I apologize. Immediately he cried out, what have you to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice, came out of him, and they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this, a new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere, throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee." Very, very interesting text here. We just talked about disruption. And now, in the synagogue, on the Sabbath, Jesus walks in and he encounters the demonic. Our life must not bear witness to just facts, but our life must bear witness to a person who delivers. I love what they say. A new teaching, not just one that has authority, but one that even the demons are subjected to it. Christianity is not a religion of facts. Christianity is a religion of deliverance. And our job right now is to not be people who just lived off of facts because that's not going to get us through this time. Our job right now is to be people of a person, of a man who lived in Galilee and who still lives in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We need to live a deliverance life. It's not just about knowing the right facts, saying the right prayer, going down the Romans road to repentance, getting people saved. It is about deliverance. And it is about entering the world's darkness, entering the valley of the shadow of death and being the people who say, fear no evil because he is with us. We need to be those people, not just facts, not just fact checkers, not just fact deliverers, not just a factory, haha. <laughs> Get it? Fact. Dury. Anyway, we need to be people who bring deliverance. The, de the demonic sees Christ as tormenting because the demonic lacks love. The demonic had all the facts. We know who you are, son of God, Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to torment us before the time? They knew who he was. They knew who he came from. They knew that there was a time where they would be completely thwarted. By the way, Easter is coming. Look at the person next to you and say, Easter is still coming. Say, Corona cannot stop Easter. We will be having Easter one way or another. We will be celebrating Easter because even the demons know that their time is short. But all they had was fact. They had no love and therefore couldn't be delivered. They were tormented because all they had was fact and no love. Understand something. Peter also makes the right confession. You are the son of God. But then when Jesus says, because I'm the son of God, I must go die. Peter says, it should not be so with you, Lord. Never shall you go die. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Notice, he recognizes the demonic, even in Peter, when Peter only has facts, but doesn't have faith. When he only has facts, but he has no curiosity. Confident statement, 
but no curiosity. Remember the woman at the well from the the story in John 4. Could this be the Messiah? Peter says, you are the Messiah. Notice the one who was the most confident was the one who didn't understand that Jesus had to go die. And the one who was curious was the one who understood him rightly. We have to be the kinds of people who lean into the fact that God is dynamic. He's a person. God is not a scripture verse. God is not a Sunday morning service. God is not a church building. God loves those things and has given us those things, but he is a person and he enters us by the Holy Spirit and we connect to Jesus through the Spirit and we become people who are more than facts. We become deliverers for the world around us. The Sabbath is about love. We need to be freed from the comfort of of rhythm, and we need to be freed from the terror of disruption. This season can be a Sabbath. Life has changed. You don't, Sabbath is not inactivity, but Sabbath is also not exhausting activity. Sabbath is joining God through the power of the Holy Spirit in the good work that he is always doing in the earth. We need to be freed from the comfort of our rhythms and from the terror of disruption. This encounter with the demonic happened on the Sabbath. And for some of you, our new way of living, not just at church, but in the world, is tormenting to you because you had a way that worked. For others, you're seeing this as too good because you were never organized to begin with. Haha. <laughs> So when you're not organized at all and then something chaotic happens, it gives you the illusion that you're a go-with-the-flow kind of person, but you were never organized to begin with. We need to see this from both ends. We shouldn't be so organized that we can't handle disruption, and we shouldn't be so disorganized that we can't get back to what's normal when the disruption is over. I, I hear you all just cheering and clapping right now, and I appreciate it. <laughs> um... Salem, I want to say so much more, but I want you to discuss this now. I want you to talk about what I'm talking about. Um, I love you. Let me pray for you one more time. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this church. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would enter every home and that we would be the church together, that we would be unified, and that we would, in our unity, glorify you. I pray that people would be willing to come out of a consistent routine into a new one, not be afraid of change, not be afraid of disruption. But when it's over, I pray that we'd be able to go back to what was working with a whole brand new refreshed attitude. I pray that we would notice everything we've taken for granted and that when this crisis is over, I pray that we would look at those things that we saw every day that we didn't pay attention to and make sure we see the sacred in the ordinary. We pray all of this to the glory of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. And everybody said, Amen. Salem, follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Facebook. Join our email list. Go to www.salemtabernacle.com. Join our email list. And if you are going to give 
And I pray that you continue to be faithful. You can do that by going to the website and clicking give. Heavenly Father, I pray for those who have already given their tithes and their offerings. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you bless their work, bless their house, bless their families. I pray that you open their eyes to see this situation from the perspective of heaven. Because they're willing to part with their treasure to fund your kingdom and the good work that Salem Tabernacle is doing. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we would all be unified in that effort. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Salem, I just love praying for you. I'm going to keep praying for you. We will see you tomorrow night at 7.30 p.m. on Facebook and Instagram Live. Love you so much. Have a good day. Be blessed. Thanks for listening to the Salem Tabernacle Podcast. For more information about us, including gathering times and our location, check us out online at salemtabernacle.com.